Good morning. Is this on? Good morning, everyone. Is it on? Okay, there we go. All right. Um, so, if I could, if everybody could just open their Bibles to First uh, Peter chapter three and verse fifteen, and go ahead and leave them open there. Um, we'll come back to our verse a little bit later. Um, I want to tell you a little story first, just to get us going. Yesterday was my daughter's had a piano recital, and I was not going to lead into the sermon with this today, um, but after the recital, we had a fellowship, and we were, we were visiting and stuff, and Ruth and Bethany were there, and she's laughing already. Ruth, uh, Ruth said, she said, are you ready for tomorrow? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. She goes, good. She goes, you'll do good. And Bethany, in her words of encouragement, said, well, how long is it going to be? <laughs> I said, I don't know, Bethany. I haven't really timed it yet, but... I will try to make it short to have you out of here in time to make it to lunch. Or, so um, I had to share that story because it made me laugh and, and I wanted to pick on Bethany. So I got a chance to. So anyway, um, like I said, go ahead and leave your Bibles open to, to, to that verse. And um, I, I, I want to start with just a simple question. All right. What is hope? Right? We, uh, we as Christians use the term all the time. Um, do we ever really stop to think of what the world thinks of hope or how they might use it? Do we ever really think about how somebody who doesn't have Christ in their life might use the word hope? Um, stop me if you've heard this this year. My hope is that 2021 isn't as crazy as 2020 was. My hope is that the COVID-19 pandemic is over soon, so things can get back to normal. It's funny because, you know, there is, a, there is a word that speaks of a feeling of a desire of something to happen. Myron hit on this. It's, an, it's, it's called a wish. And if we go back and we insert the wish into those two statements, tell me if you think this sounds any different. My wish is that 2021 won't be as crazy as 2020 was. My wish is that COVID-19 is over soon so things can get back to normal. It doesn't sound, maybe it sounds more sincere to use the word hope, I don't know, but really there's no difference between a child making a wish and blowing out candles on a birthday cake or how uh, we use, the world uses the word hope um, right now. So how, how did we get to this place? Um, you know, how did we reduce our hopes to wishes? I think if you, if you take a look at the world, I think you see a confusion as to where our hope comes from. Um, I want to watch a video here in a second, and it's by a young gentleman. He has a YouTube channel. It's called The Philosophical Misfit. He is, uh, he's not a Christian. Uh, in one of his older videos, he says he was. Uh, he's since stepped away from the faith. Um, I don't disagree with everything he says in this video. He does make some good points, but when he talks about where he gets his hope, the, the, there's a question posed to him. He has a vlog, a video blog, and it, he says, uh, or the question is, where do you find your hope, worth, or value? And when, when he answers this question, a um, little confusing. We'll talk about it after, after we watch the video, but it's about four, four and a half minutes long, so let's, let's go ahead and watch that if we can. So, so question for you, Nate, and everyone else in the live chat. 
Uh, where do you find your hope, worth, or value? Great question. Um, I think my hope is found um, in the facts and reality of my situation, in knowing that I I have the strength to get through. Um, I think that if you develop a victim mindset, which victim having a victim mindset is a lot easier than having a victor, victor mindset. Um, and so it's a lot easier to be negative. It's a lot harder to be brave and courageous. Um, and so when you've made the decision uh, to not be a victim and to not be negative and to actually not be selfish and live life for yourself, then you have this victor mentality and not a victim mentality, but a victor mentality that it's like, you know what? I know that I can overcome. I know that I can overcome this fear, these situations. And I know that I can overcome this. And I know that I'm strong enough to do so. And so I think, you know, worth and value, I don't need, I don't need to get it from anybody. Um, it helps. It helps to have that validation because um, everybody wants to be validated. Um, but I think that living without a victim mindset, living from a victor mindset and living with the bravery and courage to wake up every day to make that decision. I'm not going to be a negative person and I'm not going to be a selfish person. I'm not going to live life for myself, but I'm going to live life for myself for recognizing that I'm actually, I can be a gift to the people that are around me. I don't have to hog all this energy and just one me, 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 that I I'm actually what I carry as a gift to people and that I have the strength to be that. And so I think that it's, it's just a mindset of, of worth and value that you really have to find in yourself. Nobody can really give it to you. I mean, I realize that a lot of Christians um, you know, say, well, God gave me my worth and my value. But and you know, if that's the case, then that's the case. In some ways, I think that kind of cheapens and, and it gives you license to not actually – you don't have to have value for, for yourself because it's like, well, God gives me my value. But at the same time the law that's set in place in the new testament is love your neighbor as yourself um and so if you don't love yourself then you can't love your neighbor and so that gets into the whole thing of you know people are constantly trying to love other people but they don't love themselves and they wonder why they're burnt out all the time it's like it doesn't work um so anyway getting back to where i find hope worth and value so in the way you think about your, yourself. You have to look at the facts on who you are because a lot of people don't want to be who they are. But it's funny because it's like you. a lot of people hate who they are because they don't learn to love who they are. But once they love who they actually are, then they really start to love who they are. I know that sounded really weird and confusing. Let me try to break that down a little bit more. So a lot of people don't like themselves because they are not being themselves. They're so busy trying to be other people. But if they were to fully embrace themselves and develop love for themselves, then they would be able to love other people, to love themselves. So anyway, getting back to where do you find hope, worth, value? I think you finding it in yourself, you, you knowing yourself and realizing who you really are and learning to love that. I think that you, you, you gain hope in that. You're like, I'm a, like, not, not in a prideful, arrogant way, but being like, I'm a boss. Like, you know, I got this, like life come at me, you know, like I'm going to live life to the fullest. 
I think that's, I think there's so much hope right there um, that, you know, people are, <laughs> some people are missing out on, um, some Christians uh, specifically are missing out on, uh, because it's like, it's, it's like this, well, God will take care of it for me. And it's like, I'm just, I'm just a vessel. And it's like, okay, you might be a vessel, but like, do you have worth for that vessel? Are you going to treat that vessel like garbage? Um, So a lot of other, so all of that to say, I hope that answers your question where I find hope, worth and value. Okay. So, um, I am not here to pick on this guy. Trust me. The, the, you know, he, he, like I said, he makes some good points, but part of the problem is he is saying um, your hope is found when you find hope within yourself. He puts an enormous amount of pressure on himself to make himself happy or to bring, him, bring hope. Um, that's a, that's a, it's a dangerous thing. I mean, um, because what happens when, you know, you can't, you can't find this hope that you're looking for. Uh, I don't think he ever, he certainly didn't define what hope is. He just said it's something that he is going to find in himself. So um, it's, to me, it's confusing. Um, but I think it represents kind of where the world is looking for this hope that they're, that they're trying to find. Uh, he even says, you know, he calls out Christians. Um, I, you know, you can kind of tell the guy probably angry uh, with something that happened in his life, but says that we're somehow misinterpreting love your neighbor as yourself because we can't love ourselves and then learn to love our neighbor. And I would love to visit with this guy about what Jesus is actually talking about when, when he gives that command. But um, like I said, we're not going to dwell on this too much, but just know that that's, that's probably one way that the world is, is looking for hope. They're looking for it in themselves. The world is telling you to find it within yourself. Um, it's... it's and it's not, like Myron said, it's not a gift that's been given to you. It's a, or Myron said, it is a gift. The world is not saying that it is. So, um, but I think this is why we as Christians should have a clear understanding of hope. We should be able to give a clear definition of what hope is. Um, there's another example I want to use. Um, it's from a well-known American author. Her name is Rebecca Solnit. She is an activist. She's known for her uh, feminist views. Um, she has been credited with coining the term mansplaining. Now, if you don't know what mansplaining is, it's basically when a man explains something to a woman. Now, here's the irony in this. Me being a man and the congregation having women, I just mansplained mansplaining <laughs> to a bunch of women in here, right? I've, I apologize for that, um, but um, evidently, you know, it was, it was so threatening that, that uh, we need a new term for it, but her quote, and yes, there's probably inspirational posters that you could get a uh, frame, hang on your wall, but here's, here's her, her, uh, her definition of hope. Hope is an embrace of the unknown. I'll give you a second. Okay, hope is an embrace of the unknown. To embrace, right? To grab a hold of. To enthusiastically accept the unknown. So our two our two worldly definitions of hope are ourselves 
and now the unknown. And I, you know, I, I, you can see why hope becomes this wish mentality. Um, so let's see if we can define the word hope. Let's go to our scripture today. First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now, in all seriousness, our, our hearts should break for the philosophical misfit, for Miss Solnit, because they are lost. They, they, they don't know what a, what a Christian hope is, um, where the world defines it as a wish. Um, we need to prepare, or be prepared to answer this. So I found a really good definition I want to share with you guys. At least I think it's a really good definition. If we could bring that up, here's, here's our hope. The confident expectation of what God has promised. Its strength comes from his faithfulness, his assurance that his word is true. Our hope is not a wish. Our hope is to expect confidently. Is that an arrogant confidence? No. If it's what God has promised and its strength comes from his faithfulness and his assurance that his word is true, there's nothing we're doing for that hope, right? Our confident expectation is based solely on what God has done for us, what Christ has done for us, so it's not arrogant. But it is, it has strength because God is faithful, his promises are never broken, and his word is truth. So now that we have a good definition of what hope is, let's look at the reasons because our, our scripture does say that we're to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have, right? So the one word answer to this, and we call them Sunday school answers sometimes in, in youth group, what's the reason for the hope? Jesus. You're not wrong. Jesus is the reason for the hope that we have. However, the Bible gives plenty of uh, not other reasons, but it strengthens those reasons through some of the scriptures, and we're going to look at some of those. So uh, let's first look at Romans 5, verse 2. We're going to see the hope of God's glory here. It says, Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. In Colossians 1, 27 says, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our hope in the glory of God is the earnest desire and joyful expectation of the consummation of God's rich promises to us. Those who trust in Christ for salvation are given a new life and are destined to live with him forever and share in his glorious inheritance. In Acts 23.6, we read of the hope of our resur- resurrection, not the resurrection, our resurrection. It says, Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the, other, the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. In Acts 24.15, says, And I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have, that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. And then 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Here we have our hope in our resurrection that Christ was raised, 
Therefore, all who belong to Christ will be resurrected when he returns for his church. In Romans 8.23, we have the hope of the redemption of our bodies. We read, not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. Um, The redemption of our bodies. Our hope of the redemption of our bodies is when our mortal bodies will be given new, redemptive, eternal, glorified bodies. The hope of righteousness, righteousness, Galatians 5.5. We read, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Our hope that we are already in right standing with the Lord because we have been made righteous in Christ by grace through faith. In Titus 2 we read of the hope of eternal life. Titus chapter 1 verse 2, sorry. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And then in chapter 3 verse 7 we read, So that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Our hope of eternal life is already in our possession because when we were saved, we became children of God and citizens of heaven. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 we read of the hope of the glorious appearing of Jesus. It says, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our hope of the rapture, when Jesus will return to take those who are members of his church before God pours out his wrath on a godless world. And finally, 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, the hope that we shall become like him when he does appear, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Here is our hope that we shall see Jesus as he is in all his glorious splendor. And on that day, we will fully resemble his grace, his truth, and his righteous character. You see a list of reasons that we can give outside of just the one word, Jesus, of what is we can confidently expect you know, from that definition. We can expect all these things. Um, why? Because his word is true. Everything in this imperfect fallen world has an expiration date attached to it. Unfortunately, many people live out their lives by placing their hopes and their dreams and their wishes in temporary things, even themselves. But here's the reality of those wishes. Hope in the temporary will yield temporary results. We know that a perfect eternal hope cannot come from an imperfect world. The only way hope has any real impact is when we anchor it to the one who has real power. Jesus Christ is the answer for a hope-filled existence in heaven for eternity to those who would trust and follow him. Hope must be grounded in the promises given us by a loving God. Hope must be grounded in a loving God who has always been faithful even when we are not. Is it okay for us to expect confidently, confidently the things God has promised us? Of course it is. Why? Because these are promises from a God who doesn't lie. If it's in his book and his word is truth, 
then yes, we can confidently expect what it says is going to happen will happen. So I want to close today by sharing a story with you. Um, this is a part of myself and Brandy's testimony. Um, some of you who are here today or joining us online have heard this. Uh, if you have, too bad, I'm up here, you're down there, you've got to listen to it again. <laughs> Unless you want to get up and leave. <laughs> about, uh, about 10 or 11 years ago, we decided to, to find a new church, or to find a church to attend. And after looking for a while, we came to First Baptist, um, and we called it our home. Um, we were greeted with warmth. We were greeted with love. We uh, started developing friendships right away. Um, easily developed friendships. And at that time, we had already been blessed with our daughter, Talia. She was a couple years old, probably about two at that time, and wanting to have another child, we decided to try and get pregnant again, and we did. This time, however, uh, tragedy struck us. When we went in for our checkup, our eight-week appointment, our new baby did not have a heartbeat. And in shock, we went about our lives doing some research on miscarriages um, and found out that it's not that uncommon to have one. After a while, we decided to try again. And we felt very blessed to, be, to get pregnant again. And we were a little reserved when we went into this eight-week appointment again. Um, very nervous. And our hearts sank when our child had lost its heartbeat again. And this one, this one was tough on us. You know, we were hurt, we were lost, we were angry, and in a heightened state of emotion, we turned to God. Um, our walk had been lukewarm at that time. Uh, we attended church, um, but God, we believe, was really looking for more from us. And so, a few months later, we decided to dedicate our lives to Christ, we were baptized right up here in this baptismal, and together we proclaimed our newfound identities in Christ. And by that time, we had gotten pregnant for a fourth time and ended up carrying full term. And that's our little Kendall, as you all know her. But you see, there's a part of this story that I still need to tell you, and that's because after our second miscarriage, in God's awesome providence, we were shown a scripture, a specific scripture, not one, not two, but three different ways, all within a span of about 24 hours. One, the first one while Brandy was watching a movie, um, I'm not going to tell you what the movie is or anything like that, but the scripture came up, and her not knowing it all that well, decided to look it up and, uh, and read it. And then a little later, one of her best friends stopped by to comfort her, and brought a gift. And, on, and the gift was a, a cross, a plaque in the shape of a cross. And on that cross was that same exact scripture that she had just read. And then finally, the daily devotionals, the daily bread devotionals that, that can be handed out. Um, I don't know if you guys read them or not, but the verse of the day that day was that same exact scripture. Um, we always talk about we've never heard the audible voice of God, but God spoke to us 
He comforted us at a time when we really, really needed it. And here's that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Not the time, the future spoke to us, but over time, that word hope has spoken even louder to us. We've used this verse for a long time in our testimony. We share it all the time. And the hope that Jesus Christ has given us is that one day, for the first time, we will meet our two little ones. We'll hug them, we'll laugh together, and we'll sing together, and we'll glorify God together. What an amazing hope, right? We can confidently expect that to happen, and that's awesome. Excuse me. And one day all of us who have lost loved ones, who have given their life to Christ, can expect that same thing, right? We'll see them again, or like in our case, maybe for the first time. What an awesome gift from God. The reason for our hope is that we have Jesus Christ. Our hope is not a wish, it's a promise. A promise from a God who loves us more than we can imagine. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the reason for our hope. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, just this this amazing gift that you've given us, Lord, that uh, we know we don't deserve, but uh, you love us more than we deserve. And, and Lord, we, we just say thank you. We thank you that... Uh, this is temporary, that uh, you guarantee us a chance to, to, to uh, come back to, to loved ones who have, who have taken you as their Savior. Lord, we, we, pray that, uh, we pray that we could be sincere in our faith and that uh, as, as we grow in our faith, that we, uh, we could be joyous and thankful, Lord, that you, you've given us this, this hope, this this assurance. It's not a wish, Lord. It's something that you've, you've told us will happen, and Lord, we, we trust that it will. We love you. We thank you, and uh, we praise you. And in your name we pray. Amen. I want to close just by saying if any of you here or online have never accepted Christ as your Savior, please consider it. If you want to talk to somebody about it, Seek out family, friends, somebody in the church that has made that decision and come join in this awesome hope that we all share. Um, It changes, you know, in times like this, it changes your outlook on things. When you have a promise from the God of the universe that says, this will be yours, come follow me, I just, I pray that you do that, so... Thanks, everyone. God bless, and I guess we can go home.